podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So 2 Chronicles in chapter 20, or remember we are in the in-between. We're in the in-between. Those of you that are looking for Chronicles, go back from Psalms a few books and you'll find it. Chronicles, you're like, it's not even in my Bible. Where is this book? There's two of them? There's a second Chronicles? I know. But we're looking at the in-between, the moments that essentially, as we already saw last week, sort of shape the way that we take our next steps. What happens in those moments? What should we be doing? How do we know what's right from here? Essentially, what's God's will? In the in-between, it's quite a challenging place. We saw Noah and, of course, in brackets, Moses last week. (laughs) Uh, Tried to get Alistair to edit that. He's like, that is uneditable. That's why he's not here this week. I'm joking. (laughs) Joking. He'll be like, I've edited that out, though. Anyway, but we saw his in-between moment during the time after God said that rain is coming to the moment that rain came, Moses did, the word says, exactly as the Lord had commanded him to do. He did what he was supposed to do. His faith and his obedience were hand in hand. He trusted that God had the next steps in hand, even though he didn't know what rain even looked like. He was certain that God, when he spoke, was going to do exactly as he said. And his faith and his, in his, and his obedience were in abundance to trust that God would firstly do what he said. And secondly, that he would also protect Noah and his family if Noah did what he was supposed to do. And we saw, didn't we, that God did indeed do exactly what he promised. Today then, in 2 Chronicles, in chapter 20, we meet with the current king of Judah, a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. I'll say that wrong several times during this, okay? Now again, don't have a sharp intake of breath. Don't think I have no idea what I'm talking about. I will just forget that that is indeed his name. But don't worry, I am all present. (laughs) It's fair to say that Israel at this point, as we get to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, had not been in a very good place. In fact, when Solomon... um, passed his throne on as Solomon passed away, he passed it on to his son Rehoboam. And, well, he wasn't great. In fact, the wisdom that Solomon had in abundance, Rehoboam didn't have in abundance. He was the polar opposite. He was useless. He didn't listen to anybody. He didn't listen even to God. And the moment that he took over the throne... Immediately, the whole of Israel could see that this guy is useless. So he ended up just ruling Judah. Because they were like, if, if you're going to be king, we're going elsewhere. And Rehoboam is left 
with Judah and he doesn't do a great job of ruling Judah at all and as he wanders away and doesn't listen to the people he also wanders away and does not listen to God you can see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 10 Rehoboam wouldn't listen to God in the slightest bit and in 12 chapter 1 we can see of 2 Chronicles that he turned away and so did the nation Israel So not a great place, not a great place at all. And then, as we're going to have a look this morning, we get a new king. As Rehoboam and time passes on, there's this new king, Jehoshaphat. Uh, he became king of Judah in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. Now you're saying, Matthew, why have you given us such a backstory? The problem is, you see, is we've got 37 verses this morning. If I was to read all 37 verses to you this morning, you'd be like, Matthew, please stop reading 37 verses. Please just talk. I know that all came out well. Well done me. Jehoshaphat was a king who loved God. Things are about to change. He loved God, he followed the law of God, and indeed he distributed the law of God throughout the whole of Israel. He also, because he had some sense and some faith in God, took down all the idols and told the people to worship the one true God, Yahweh. Finally, Judah, Israel, has got somebody who is on the right page. So when Jehoshaphat comes against some trouble and he finds himself in an in-between moment, we find that actually Jehoshaphat is able to deal with it in the right manner. Let's have a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites, Ammonites, with some of the Munites, you didn't know about them, did you? They're just south of Essex, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at Hazazon Tamar. I know you're impressed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nobody was impressed at all. It's very shameful. Never mind. Alarmed? You ever been alarmed? You'd be alarmed at that army. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The word tells us that Jehoshaphat was alarmed. He was alarmed, and so, well, what would you do? Because I've put myself in the position, you know this is what I like to do. There is a huge army on its way. It's only miles away. It's at that point where you can still see the dust is coming. You know something big is on its way. You are in a position now where you have, as king, some choices to make. Well, naturally, as I put myself in the scenario, I was like, well, let's muster the army. Let's firm up the defences. Let's start and put some strategy and plan together in order to make sure that we can deal with this army that's on its way. Am I on my own with that or is that what you would do as well? I mean, that's just my natural reaction. I want to make sure that all these people weren't going to suffer under my power because I haven't put things into place. But instead of doing all that, which I would have thought would be the wise thing to do, 
Jehoshaphat actually does something that operates in a much higher realm of wisdom. Jehoshaphat does something that contrary to what the world would think is the right decision and getting everything ready, he actually inquires of the Lord. Verse 3 tells us, alarmed as he was, he resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. He wanted everybody to realise the gravity of the situation. There is an army on its way and we are now in this in-between moment where we now know it's coming and it isn't long before it's going to be here. In fact, time would probably say in the short moments that he has, he doesn't even have time to ready his own defences, maybe, but less than that, to ride off and tell other people around about him that might support him, that he probably doesn't even have time to go and have those conversations. He doesn't have time to deal with the moment that is upon him, but he is nevertheless in an in-between moment where he has found himself stuck you could quite argue that it was very much the rock and a hard place situation. Now he inquires of the Lord. That's the first thing he does that's absolutely right. But listen to what happens in verse 4 as well. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Now the people reacted the same as Jehoshaphat did as well. Now only just a few moments ago as we saw in their brief history that we've had this morning, we know that Judah, that Israel, was in a pretty rubbish place. But since Jehoshaphat has taken over, since his reign has begun, he's put some things in place. He's sent out the law. He's taken down the idols. And he's told everybody around him that this is the God that we are worshipping, the one true God, Yahweh. Listen, last week we needed, or Noah needed, to build in his in-between. That's what Noah needed to do. His in-between God saying rain is coming and rain coming, Noah had to build. We've got a different scenario here this week because Jehoshaphat has already built he has already built his faithfulness to God, his distribution of the law throughout Israel, his diligence in his approach to God means that he's laid a solid and firm foundation that he can build upon. He is absolutely prepared for the storm. And when did he prepare for the storm? In the quiet. He prepared for the storm in the day-to-day -day mundane. He prepared for the storm when there was no storm on the horizon. He prepared for the storm in the midst of what everybody would see is the average day-to-day. -day. But because of his preparedness, because of all of that diligence and preparation, we now find that Jehoshaphat, in the midst of what would seem like a nightmare, knows exactly what to do. Because he's laid a firm foundation. He's absolutely certain what he needs to do. He has not been lazy or despondent because of Israel's current situation. He's stepped up. He's sought God. He's prepared his own heart 
And in doing so, as king, he's prepared everybody else's heart to react exactly the same to his. That what we have to do in this moment is seek God. First of all, we have to seek God. The last thing that we need to do in a situation that seems that's coming upon us that's completely and utterly impossible. The last thing we should do, church, is jump the gun. The last thing that we should do is rush in. There's a great song that says only fools rush in. A wise man told me anyway. Sometimes when you, you know, you expect a bit more back, but it is what it is, don't worry. It's not a reflection on you, honestly. (laughs) And because then of Jehoshaphat's diligence and preparedness, his first reaction changes the outcome. Because what we would do, I'm sure, is get everything ready, get the defences ready, get the army mustered, try our best to call on friends and neighbours to come and help, and find that the army's upon us and we can't possibly beat them because they're too big. The storm is too much. But Jehoshaphat makes the right decision. He inquires of God. Listen to what he says in verse 6 through 12 of chapter 20. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God... Will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but, listen to this, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. What a difference that makes to a heart. When the storm is approaching us and we know that difficult times are coming and we feel like we're in this in-between moment, church, we're being drawn to see, to make sure that our eyes are fixed on him. To make sure that we're not looking and panicking. Yes, we will have alarm. Yes, we will be worried. Yes, we will have fear. But the truth of the matter is, if our eyes are fixed on God, then we can be absolutely certain that he is on our side. We can be certain that he will fight for us. We can be certain that we can draw our strength from him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, those things don't happen in the moment when you go, Lord, I need you now. Not needed you for 20 years. Now it's bad. I need you. That doesn't happen like that. It's a life that's lived for God. 
and in the quiet, the, the stormless moments that we're making our hearts ready. We're prepared for the storm. And when it does come, we don't flounder and panic. We know that God is for us. And the word says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? Answer, nobody, nothing. The in-between, naturally, was still a scary place. We saw that in verse 3. He was alarmed, but because of his foundation, because it was laid in the right place, because he built his life on God, he was in a position to make good, wise steps, to make good decisions, not blinded by fear, but clearly he sought God first. And what did God do? Spoiler alert, he delivered them from their enemies. With praise and worship, the armies attacking Jehoshaphat and Judah were destroyed. And God rescued his people. Church, if we want in-betweens like this, when does the preparation start? It starts now. Don't expect to be ready on the morning and go, what shall I do? I better pray. Not on that for a while. The preparation for the battles and the storms of life, they start now. And we say to God, you are in control. You've got us in your hand. Lord, I, I cannot cope with what's coming at me. But I know you can. I know that you can. And I know because your word tells me that if you are for me, there is nothing that can stand against me. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for Jehoshaphat and his preparedness to make sure that he was rooted in the truth. Father, he was rooted in the law. Father, he was fixed on you. His gaze was on you. And Father, we thank you that you delivered on your promise, that you rescued your people. Father, may you help us know and understand today whatever trials and situations that we're to face, that, Father God, that you're with us. Father, may you help us lay the right foundation now in our lives. May you help us to, to lay those things down and say, God, you're in control. Lord, you know what's coming. Father, help me to be ready. Help us to look into your word. Father, help us to bring our prayers and our praise and our adoration to you. Help us to bring our worship to you. Father, help us in the quiet moments to make sure that we know whose we are and why we are. Father, we just thank you that you are a God who loves us abundantly. Father, that you love us beyond measure. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to strengthen us and bless us as your church. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.